In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. One of the scariest days of my life took place about 30 years ago. One of the scariest days for Pastor Mech took place about 35 years ago. We had both prepared studying to be pastors in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and it was the day of our call to the parish where God had chosen for us to serve. I don't know about you, Pastor Mech, but we had this routine where we would always go to the student commons and there would be a map set up and we would all throw darts in a pool to see who would get the closest to where they were actually assigned. I remember I was not very good at darts and I think I ended up in Hawaii, which today would have been pretty good. The joke was for us was that you would end up in Zap, North Dakota. I don't know what it was for St. Louis, but it was someplace. Gun Barrel, Texas. Those are the places that you didn't want to go to. I remember being lined up that year in St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Dr. Al Berry, who was the president of the synod at that time, was preaching. And I remember he preached on this text and he said, Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. My name is at the beginning of the alphabet, so I came up pretty quick. But the three gentlemen before me all were called overseas. I was getting a little bit worried. There it was, a call to Vermilion, South Dakota. Where in the world is that? For Pastor Mac, it was DuCoin, Illinois. Where in the world is that? I know I was scared to death. I can only imagine what Jonah felt like when he received that call to go to Nineveh, a wicked city. Or how Andrew and James and John felt as they received the call to leave those nets behind, to leave their vocations and to go into a new vocation to be apostles, that is, sent ones. The message that each one of us received was quite simple. Repent and believe the gospel. Amen. I could walk out of the pulpit. Some of you might like that. The message that we would, was given was simply this, to point people to the one who did for us what we could not do for ourselves, the one who did what no other teaching or philosophy or way of life could do, and that is conquer death. This is why Jesus came. To rescue each and every one of us from the death sentence that has been passed down to us from Adam and Eve. To rescue us from sin, death, and hell. Oh, there were other great teachers and prophets who lived and died. Jesus came to die, but then to live. The twelve would be sent out to preach that in Jesus there is life. And so the message of repentance, that is to turn away from unbelief in faith to Jesus, 
to turn away from all the other teachings and philosophies and ways of life that lead to death and believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Apart from him, there is no other way. There is no forgiveness of sins. Quite frankly, that's why we have Lutheran schools. Why the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod has had schools from its beginning over 175 years ago. We sometimes forget this. The best thing that we can give to our children is to bring them to Jesus. You see, we all face something before us. It's called a death sentence because of sin. Death is horrible. Death is a bully. It is sad. It is a separation because sin is all those things. We die be and sin because sin robs us of life. We were not created to die. Death is not a part of life. Sin and death are intrusions into the life that God gave to us. And so if death is to be defeated, then sin must be defeated. And that is why science will never be able to defeat death. Oh, it can prolong and extend life, but the only one who can overcome it is sinless. Jesus, who defeated death. Christianity is not just another teaching, another philosophy, or another way of life. It's not just a matter of, you have your teaching and I have mine, which so many today think that Jesus is just but one of many. If it were a matter of following example, that would be true. But following Jesus is following him to the cross. It is to see there your sin and death on Jesus, the innocent one who deserves no death. It is to see Jesus as your substitute. It is to see the great love of God there for you through the forgiveness of sins by his crucifixion. There is no other way out of death to life than through Jesus. Follow me, Jesus says to these disciples. Follow me and hear that I forgive you and all of your sins. All of the grisly, horrible, unthinkable sins. I know them all and I took them upon myself in the cross. I was declared guilty for you so that you would be declared not guilty because of me. And so follow me and no longer die a death that ends your life. But receive a life that will end your death. Not only do we celebrate Lutheran Schools Week this week, but this is also a Sunday that we set apart as Life Sunday. This is the message of Life Sunday, the sanctity of human life from the moment of conception to the moment of our last breath. It is the message that we preach every week. In Jesus there is life. In Jesus there is salvation for all, from womb to the tomb. Now today and this week in our church, we remember the sanctity of human life. It's not so in our country today. Abortion is a problem. 
64 million in the United States alone these past 50-some years have been aborted, and the number is growing. Oh, I know that Roe versus Way has been turned over, and now it's been put back to the states, but you know the arguments out there. The problem is this, it is it's moving from the clinic to the pharmacy, where abortion is easily to get as buying and taking an aspirin, without any questions. But it's not also just abortion, it's also mercy killing and assisted suicide. It's also withholding treatment from those who need it. Making decisions about how to spend healthcare dollars based not on need, but on those who will provide the greatest return on investment. The problem is how many are seduced into seeing how death is an answer to the solution to their problems. And it even happens with Christians. Even you and me and in our families. For the same fears, the same greed, the same lust, the same selfishness lives in all of our hearts too. Christians have abortions. Christians commit suicide. Christians lash out and kill in thought, word, and deed and desire. The truth is we all need Jesus to repent and believe in the gospel that your sins are forgiven, all of them. That you are welcome in this house, into this school. You see, the church is not a gymnasium. It is a hospital of mercy and grace which turns no one away. Oh, to be sure, in this place you will hear the message of the law preached severely which will diagnose your sinful condition. You are sinful and unclean and so am I and so is he. Did you hear the prayer that we gathered together and prayed to our Lord this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, look upon our infirmities and stretch forth the hand of your majesty to heal and defend us. That's what happens here. Christ stretches forth his hand to you. He welcomes you into his house. He welcomes in sin-sick sinners with all of the rest of us who are included, who have gone down the wrong paths. So Jesus says to you today, follow me, come home. Welcome home and receive the washing of Jesus' forgiveness in the waters of baptism. Return to those waters in confession and hear again that you are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, no, no matter how great the sin you may have committed. There is no sin and no sinner too big for Jesus' forgiveness. If there were, then you could be sure that God would never have sent Jonah to Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. And the Assyrians were some of the meanest, vilest, most disgusting, orniest, evil people that have ever lived. They would look, make Hamas look innocent. That's how evil it was. That's why Jonah didn't want to go. But God would not let him not go. You see, even for the Assyrians, Jesus died. For their sin, that they may live. And also for you, and for me, and for all people. And look what happened. The Assyrians repented, 
and return to Christ. For every life is valuable to God, whether you live in a house or in a womb, whether you're walking upright or walking around and confined to a wheelchair, whether you are out making a name for yourself or no longer able to remember your own name, whether you're from Israel or Palestine, Afghanistan, Ukraine or Russia or the United States, you are valuable to our holy triune God. You may not be valuable to anyone else, but you are to him. You are worth the life of his only begotten son who died that you may live. And all of your children and grandchildren are welcome here daily to know that they are loved, that their sins are died for. I told a story last week in Bible class. By the way, come to one sometime. It's good for you. That's the law. The story was told this way. I was a pastor at Lamb of God Lutheran Church in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin, and served also at Christ Lutheran Academy. We serviced all sorts of children. There was a young family who was having many difficulties. They were close to getting a divorce. But they sent their children to our school. Ariel was her name. Her little brother couldn't attend our school because he had muscular dystrophy. But Ariel learned about Jesus. She learned the hymns and the liturgy by heart. Oh, she was a squirrely little one. Sometimes I didn't know if she was listening or not. Until the day that I got the phone call from her dad. You see, her mother suffered from alcohol disorder. And her mother forgot to get up in the middle of the night and to clean out the tube that went into Colin's body. Colin died that evening. We had the funeral for little eight-year-old Colin. And you know what hymn Ariel picked out? It was the hymn, God's Own Child, I Gladly Say It, I Am Baptized Into Christ. The one verse says, Death, you cannot end my gladness, I am baptized into Christ. That's what we teach here in that, this place. It's the best gift that you could ever give unto your children. It's the life that he gives to you here. That all people may have this life is what we pray for each and every day as a staff and a faculty. And I know that you pray for us too. And so come, follow him. Follow him this morning to this holy altar where he gives to you the medicine of immortality, his precious body and blood, which forgives all of your sins. And then as you leave this place, live that life of love and mercy to others. Speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. Defend the defendless. Proclaim that message of life. You see, Jesus is our victory over death. He is our hope in the midst of despair. His love is for all, for the most vulnerable. His strength is for the weak. And his good comes from suffering. Don't worry, God will give you the opportunities. And he will work through you. Follow me, he simply says, and he will do the rest. You can count on it. 
you can depend on him. You won't be disappointed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen. Thank you.